Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Dr. Jeffrey Copen is here, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Medicine, Lake Forest Hospital. How are you doing today, Dr. Copen? I'm very good, Anna. How are you? Good. There's some good news from Pfizer, and we'll get to that in a second. Can I ask you, and I almost hesitate to do this, but I know these things come up in the news. They start to trend, and they, they tend to take on a life of their own, and it sure is refreshing and good to hear from someone like you. Listerine. Listerine is in the news today because Senator Ron Johnson in Wisconsin made some comments about it yesterday, and I just want to ask you if you could please clear up what Listerine can and cannot do. Let's hear, let's hear what he had to say. I think this was a town hall yesterday. But there are things you can do, again, vitamin D, you know, zinc, uh, keep yourself healthy, uh, vitamin C. By the way, uh, standard gargle, uh, mouthwash uh, has been proven to kill the coronavirus. Even if you get it, if you're, you know, you may reduce viral replication. There's all kinds, you know, why not try all these things? Um, it, it just boggles my mind that the NIH continues to tell people, do nothing. You know, maybe take Tylenol. How do you respond to that, Dr. Copen? A lot of people are taking that in a lot of different ways, which is why I think it's always worthy of getting clarification from someone like you. What should we know? The senator is incorrect when it comes to Listerine. Um, The manufacturer of Listerine states that Listerine will not rid one of the virus, of the COVID virus or any other virus. Uh, I don't know why Senator Johnson is saying that. I saw that he later tweeted out a research study, but the research study doesn't support what he said. Um, So nobody should think if they gargle with Listerine, they're going to either protect themselves from COVID-19 or they're going to eliminate the possibility if they're going to spread COVID-19. It's just not correct. Okay. It's good for your dental health. Is it is it good for viruses in general? Isn't there some sort of claim on the packaging of some of these about viruses, generally speaking, Dr. Copen? No, it's, it's not, not really. going to do it. Um, <laughs> I wish <laughs> okay. it would. There was a time um, where there was a lot of enthusiasm before there were antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking like 100 years ago. Things like Listerine and other types of home remedies, people tried these things to keep themselves from getting sick. Um, they they didn't work then. They're not going to work now. Okay, let's talk about what seems to be working. Pfizer had some good news today about its booster shot. What can you tell us about that? So Pfizer's scientists in the laboratory um, took a look at how boosted people, how their blood would react to the virus to the COVID virus, that particularly Omicron. That's what we're talking about now. And they saw that for boosted people, there was quite a bit of activity. So that's good because, you know, we've all heard about a previous study, a small one, um, that didn't look as optimistic as what the Pfizer study has shown. So getting boosted actually looks at the, in the laboratory like it is going to be very helpful in producing what, what's called neutralizing antibody. Neutralizing antibodies what can help keep people from getting infected. So that was a very favorable study, and let's hope that we see in real life that, um, it, that the boosted people will do well when it comes to Omicron.
Mm-hmm. I saw that there were two studies a lot of the news stations were reporting out of Israel that was published in the New, New England Journal of Medicine. They talked about how the booster for Pfizer, it cut the infection rate tenfold and cut the death rate 90 percent. Certainly seems encouraging when you hear that kind of stuff. Yeah, Israel, um, we've talked about this before, Anna, because of the way that their health system is set up and because of the size of the country, mm-hmm. they've been able to share some amazing data with the world. Uh, it's it's almost like Israel's become a laboratory for this kind of stuff. And yeah, um, they they were looking at people who were vaccinated. Had, they, they only use Pfizer in Israel. So they had their two Pfizer shots, so fully vaccinated the way we used to understand the notion of fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And they compared those people who just had two shots to people who got the booster. And they were able to do that within their database. It's really a very nicely done study. Direct, the two studies, one was done by the biggest HMO in Israel, and the other one was done by the Ministry of Health. And what they showed was the people who were, were fully vaccinated with the two injections, they were 90% protected. Mm -hmm. But people who got the booster, it was 90% on top of that. So it's almost like 99% protection. So that's a very, very favorable study. Obviously, we'll see if it's reproduced in other places in the world, but we all should feel really good about that. And if you've not been boosted, somebody who's listening to us right now, and you've Mm -hmm. been waiting for more data, these are the data that should make you confident that you should go ahead and get boosted if you're eligible. And does it matter because this is Pfizer in particular, but did the Moderna or the Johnson & Johnson, should any of the boosters uh, make you feel any better than any others? I, I've, that's a really good point, Anna. I mean, this was Pfizer, um, but I think we should we should expect that Moderna and Johnson & Johnson would have the same kind of positive effect from the booster. Okay, good to know. And do you, people are asking if you if you don't get the booster, how protected or unprotected should you feel? Yes, yeah, so if you don't get the booster, you're still going to be protected. Um, we, we're seeing that from around the world um, from Omicron. And by the way, even if you don't get the booster, you're still protected against Delta. Remember, we're in a pandemic of Delta right now, and Illinois is very much a hot spot in the world right now. You know, we have a significant increase in the number of cases over the last 14 days. A lot of people are being hospitalized, most of whom are not vaccinated. So if you're vaccinated with the two, you haven't had your booster, you're going to be protected against getting severely ill. And that, that's the key thing. If you get boosted, you'll be more protected. And the risk of actually getting infected, we now know, will decrease. Mm-hmm. So it's good if you got the two go ahead and get the third if you're eligible. I think that's today's take-home message, and we have really good data now to be able to point to. You mentioned the third dose. Now, the Pfizer CEO came out, I believe, today and said a fourth COVID vaccine dose might be needed sooner than expected due to this new variant. Are are we just going to keep having to boost and boost and boost, Dr. Copen? Give us that your perspective on that. And now he also said, the Pfizer CEO, that um, he doesn't know yet whether we're going to need to get a booster directed towards Omicron. Hopefully we will not. Hopefully we'll have sufficient protection against the virus and uh, that variant of the virus. And hopefully the experience that we're starting to see from around the world, that people who get infected with Omicron are not getting sick, 
that would be fantastic, and we won't need to get an Omicron booster. The larger question, should we expect that we're going to have to get a, say, annual coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19 booster, uh, like we get a flu shot every year? I think right now the answer would be yes. I think that will be the strategy. Whether we're going to get it at the same time we get our flu shot or some other time, that we don't know. But I think we all should expect that for the next few years at least, we're going to be getting a booster shot of some kind against COVID-19. Okay, good to know, too. I saw there's another study here I want to ask you about. We've, we've heard that obesity is one of the um, the people that need to be very concerned throughout the pandemic. We've known that. Now there are more studies are out that show how the coronavirus attacks fat tissue. What can you tell us about those findings, Dr. Copen? Yeah, this is a really exciting um, study. Um, one of the things that we've noticed from the very beginning of the pandemic, so going back to March of 2020, Our sickest patients have been obese, and we didn't know why. And now maybe we're starting to see why. What this this study showed, this was a basic science study. They took adipose tissue. They took fat tissue from people who had been infected with the COVID, and they were actually able to find the virus in the fat tissue. Then what they did was they actually infected fat tissue with the virus. And what they were able to show is that fat tissue, which is not an inert substance, I think most of us think that fat is just fat. It's nothing. It's not. Fat is biologically active. The biological activity that they were able to pick up in the laboratory when they infected adipose tissue with the COVID-19 virus is exactly what causes severe inflammation in the people that we see who have bad COVID infections. So the virus is doing something in the fat tissue that's leading to the clinical phenomenon that we see in our hospitals every day with obese people being the sickest that we have. So it's a fascinating study. And what this is starting to show, Anna, as as we expected from the beginning, our scientists are going to be able to solve the riddle of how this virus works, how our bodies react to the infection with the virus, why some people get so ill and other people do not. So I think this is going to turn into a major step forward in our overall understanding of what happens when a human being gets infected with this virus. So I'm I'm very excited about this. Um, I can't wait to see the comment that will come from other scientists about this study, because I think we're going to learn a lot about the disease, and that will lead to additional treatments. Boy, I'm excited about it now, too. I'm glad to get your perspective on that. Just learning more about why certain people do, uh, you know, become more, you know, symptomatic, or even it becomes more deadly for them. We've known these underlying features, but... Boy, it'd be nice to know a lot more about this virus. So big step forward there. Quickly, before I let you go, Dr. Copen, anything on Omicron we should know? Is I know you folks are looking at data all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's um, spreading, as expected. Um, I think we're up to 22 or 23 states now in the United States. Um, the, the countries that have been hit hardest, which isn't even so bad yet, 
They're seeing a lot of spread. So I, this is a very infectious virus. Mm-hmm. But as of today, and let's remember, we've known about this very as of today for exactly two weeks. Prior to two weeks ago, no one knew this thing existed. Isn't that amazing when you think about that, Anna? Right? Um, I know. So it's, it's out there. It's out there. It's spreading. It, I'm sure we're going to see more cases here. So if you haven't been vaccinated, please get vaccinated. Go get boosted. Let's prepare. Um, hopefully it's going to turn out not to be as bad as Delta in terms of the disease it causes. And as we've talked about before, let's hope the the positive scenario turns out to be the one where maybe this is how the pandemic ends, a highly infectious but not virulent variant of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, and we can get on with our lives. That would be a wonderful, wonderful thing. I love the way that sounds. Dr. Copen. thank you. Good hearing from you. All right, everybody take good care. Bye-bye. Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Medicine Lake Forest Hospital, Dr. Jeffrey Copen. This conversation sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care.